0: there's been a lot of conversation about you know black immigrants um in this country and even though black immigrants don't rank as the highest immigrant group in this country um you know we want to talk about just you know a few things by the numbers and just you know some conditions that i saw uh being on the ground in africa myself Um, And then also, you know, why some brothers and sisters have uh, some sort of, you know, uh, issues and reservations about um, immigration in a sense, uh, period. Now, let's say that immigrants from African nations, they say, are becoming a growing share of the U.S. black population as new data uh, from Pew Research um, reveals an increasingly diverse and changing demographics. So they found that 4.6 million black people in the U.S. were born in a different country um, in 2019, that's up from 3% in 1980. The U.S. Census Bureau also noted the trend pr- projecting that there will be 9.5 million black Americans born outside the U.S. by 2060. And they say between 2020 and 2060, Pew estimates that foreign-born black population will grow by 90%, while the U.S.-born black population is expected to grow only 29%. And there's definitely legitimate reasons for that. Uh, Pew says uh, migration from Africa has fueled the bulk of the foreign born black population growth in the beginning uh, in the U S from 2020 onwards at roughly 560,000 African born black immigrants lived in the U S in 2000. And by 2019, that number more than tripled to over 1.9 million. Now I say from 2010 to 2019, African born black immigrants accounted for 43% of the U S black population higher than the shares among all U.S. immigrants. The other countries also contributed was 21% of foreign born black immigrants coming from the Caribbean, 18% from Central America, and 24% from South America. Now, foreign born black immigrants carry, as they say, say, a significant advantage uh, compared to U.S. born black Americans when it comes to socioeconomic factors. As Pew found that 31% of black U.S. immigrants aged 25 and older had a bachelor's degree or higher in 2019. Only 22% of U.S. born blacks did. Now, U.S. black immigrants also had a higher median household income in 2019 at $57,200 in comparison to U.S. born black Americans with a $42,000 median income, notably. Um, They said they found that black immigrants obtain us citizenship they say 65% of caribbean born black immigrants have obtained us citizenship and say the highest out of black immigrants born in africa central america or mexico and south america now pews data they say on the state of the us black population correlates from data from the census bureau which estimates the country's foreign born population will rise to 69 million uh, by 2060 a 17% uh, rise uh, in comparison to the 2016 numbers, but there's reasons, and I'm telling you, definitely, definitely reasons why uh, black immigrants, when they come over here, um, that they can, you know, focus and they can thrive at times a lot better um, than black people here in America. And I want to walk down uh, that path, and I'm also walk down that path in case there's a black immigrant. Uh, that could be listening that really don't understand, you know, why we are in the condition that we in as at least as a collective. Now I want to say this up front: um, not every Black American is in a particular condition. Um, you have to understand that if you look at who's on the list um, of who's the richest people, um, there's only one immigrant on that list, and that would be Rihanna. Um, she she ranks number ten on the top uh, richest Black folks in America. Um, everyone else on the list is, um, black America, you know, which we know Robert Smith would be, uh, the richest brother, uh, in America, uh, having about $6 billion. Okay. You know, you remember him, he paid off, uh, the tuition for the brothers at, you know, Morehouse university. So shout out to our great brother, uh, Robert Smith, but. On the on the immigrant side, let me let me really discuss that because I got to see it for myself and why some of them come over here. Now, on on the on the immigrant side, I have seen by going to Ethiopia and at least Kenya for now, like I say, next month I'll be in South Africa. And I know you know everybody's you know, you and tariq made a song about the government and all of that, and everybody laughs at that. But realistically it is your government's responsibility to pave roads. It is your government's responsibility to keep the lights on with the power grid. It is your government's responsibility to keep the internet, you know, g- going like as it's supposed to be going because in America we look at utility providers, but no, the government is also a part of that as well. Um the government's not supposed to be, you know, corrupt. Um elections are supposed to be free and fair, okay? So, most of the people that's coming here isn't your top echelon um Africans, the ones that live like no different than we live here in America because in in their countries, they don't have racism like we have here right It's like open racism we know it. it's how the Africans understand how we how, how we can relate to us because they dealt with racism. They still dealing with racism. Right. I was watching a special on them last night. I'm like, my God, I mean, it's crazy. And I got to address that because you literally have white people on one side living no different. Like we live in America and on the other side, black folks living in the shanty town. I'm like, what the hell? But that's a video of a different day. But so there, they have roads in some of these places. That's dirt roads. Black America really don't know nothing about no dirt roads unless you're going way to the stick somewhere. But in a lot of these places, they have dirt roads. When it rain, you get stuck in these roads. Now you gotta take people to try to get you out in, the, in these muddy roads because the leaders there won't do crap because they're sorry. They don't care about the people at all. I remember when I went to Ethiopia and I was in a hotel, a decent hotel for, for Mekelle. they were saying. And I remember it was like two o'clock in the morning and I was sitting up there just, just kind of looking at my phone and the lights went out and I'm like, "What?" I'm looking at, why the lights went out? You know, now it never in my life I seen a major hotel had their lights go out, but the lights was out. The lights was out. I think the first time was about an hour. And then after that, the lights came on. So, you know, here in America, when the lights go out immediately we start looking outside. Because normally in America, okay, the lights go out because usually the weather or maybe they're repairing something. But usually 2 in the morning, not going to repair anything. So usually it may be some sort of weather event or something that to knock the lights out, right? But for the most part in America, we used to, we go uh, flip that switch, the lights on. You know, there's some place in Africa where they they may lose their lights for the day, two days, three days, right? Then the internet in some some places over there is still some places running like dial-up, Believe it or not, yes, and it is in the government responsibility. They don't care. They don't. They don't really care. All they care about themselves, and they getting their checks, and they living good. They living high off the hog. You know, you go closer to where the rich people at the roads are no different in America. The internet uh, is, is good for them. Um, food, et cetera. Some places the water isn't what it's supposed to be. Like I'm gonna tell you what a humbling experience for me was when I went to in Kenya when I went to that the slum Kibera. Oh man. You know what I'm saying? And when I saw that, I mean, they had a good attitude to be dealing with that. Like, look, none of y'all in America have ever lived that life. So listen, when I, when I heard, when I went over there and saw how those brothers and sisters were living and, and, and those, those, those 10, those 10 uh, houses and no, no paved roads and, and just, Oh man, just the thing that I saw over there. I was like, that's when I came back originally and said, I don't want to hear another black folk over here talking about they poor. Because like the black folks over here are talking about you poor and you got an iPhone in your hand, but you poor. You know, you got Jordans on your feet, but you poor. Ain't none of y'all walking around with them sandals on that I saw them wearing. That you know, you go to the dollar store and you pay a dollar for them sandals, them, them little thong sandals. That that's how a lot of them be wearing in, in, in a lot of these places overseas. You know what I'm saying? i will just be honest with you. So if you in a situation like that right? And you get the opportunity to get out of it. And then you come over here to America and then you'd be like, man, the lights are on, man, the lights don't even get cut off over here. I don't have to wear them little thongs no more. I can actually wear some decent tennis shoes now. I can actually get me some Nikes now since I'm here or man, the internet's saying the internet's good. And, and wow. You know, I mean, shoot, I can go to school and, I, I, man, I, shoot! I, I gotta get this bag because I had no opportunity where I was at. I, I gotta get it how I live. So when they come over here, they're looking at it like that. Like, man, I gotta get this bag, man. Look, I'm gonna get my education. I gotta get this bag. Uh, that's just what I'm gonna do, right? Since I'm here, and so they want to put their nose down and just start grinding to to get that. So that's understandable, right? Now let's get to the aspect about their, their families. Now their families are still intact. When I went to the African continent, it reminded me kind of like how black families used to be back in the day. It's like, it was still, you know, patriarchy, right? The, the wives respected the husbands, you know, they, they the, husband would provide, and you know, it wasn't dependent on the women to go out and do everything like it is now here in America, you know, the men was was respected and all of that. And the African family, you know, wasn't targeted like our family were. Right. So they come into America with an intact family on top of intact family. Now they got the opportunity to do a whole lot better than what they were doing back home. And then when they go back home, the sad part of it is they go back home and them conditions that they left, it's still there. And they're like, man, I don't want to come back here. Because now nah, they didn't got used to them lights being on. They got used to that internet. They didn't got used to all the, the luxuries in America. Because, yes, America has a lot of luxuries. I mean, we take certain luxuries for granted. We really do. Uh, we waste a lot of money in our spending. Um, we are so spoiled in this country. I'm telling you, you really need to go see some of that for yourself it would really make you think about how you live here in America and how spoiled we are as a, you know, being in this country, we are spoiled. Even though we say we at the bottom being at the bottom in America, you still above a lot of them over there. I promise you that that's for sure. Because a lot of you, you really went through what they, some of them go through over there. I, the way, the way black folks are today, you know, some of you be taking yourself out of here. I, I know the way some of you moving now. So, of course our fight here in America has did open up the lane for that to happen. Right. Dr. King, um, you know, he fought for that. Uh, many other brothers and sisters when they came here, you know, brothers and sisters took care of them, make sure they was good cause they couldn't go to the white neighborhoods and all that when they first came over. Right. So you fast forward to today and most, most black folks would say, man, you know, Hey, they brought my brothers and sisters. They I ain't tripping on them man, we, we want you to get your degree, you know, a uh, brother and sister from, the from abroad. We, we want you to, you know, be successful. You know um, we want, we want that for you. We really do. But this, this has been the issue. And, and, and I know I'm telling you the more and more I look into it, I know I see the devil's hand involved. I see the devil's hand. I see the devil's hand because in those countries they propagandize black America through, uh, outlets like CNN International, okay? CNN International is dangerous. CNN is is a lot more dangerous than what you think because they propaganda propagandize us a lot. So what happens is just as much as the arguments have been the lowest common denominator in African society, that's that's really how we're judged by some of them as the lowest common denominator. You know, Pookie and Ray Ray. And, and and what the hood rats are doing that. Oh, don't, don't go by the black Americans. Cause they, they are like the Pookie and Ray Ray. Right. And then when you look at them, you know, well, how dare they come treat us that way. Look how they live in squalor. Well, that's the lowest common denominator, you know, good and well Pookie and Ray Ray in the situation with that don't represent black America. And it also don't represent everybody in these particular African countries. I've seen it. I've stayed in nice places, real nice places, in in the countries I've been to, right? Very, very nice. And the amenities were very, very nice. So I know there's two different sides of these same countries, right? There were people in the African continent that would never come over here. I've talked to them They say they don't want to come to America. They love their country. Uh, they just want their country to be better, right? So we're both judging each other off of the lowest common denominator. Now, if, if a lot of the immigrants were just like, say, grinding and hustling, etc., then that's cool the problem has been coming up and has been addressed as a recent is they put themselves into the politics, right? Now they will say, well, I'm an American citizen now. So, I mean, politics are important to me as well, but the issue happens is this. Most immigrants that come into the country is not going to involve themselves in a lot of politics. They, just like if you become an expat in an African nation you're not really going to involve yourself in their policies. I would advise you not to, because even look at their elections. you talking about January the 6th, man. Every time they be having elections, a lot of them African countries, man, you better stay in your house because people wilding out. Some people fighting, shooting and all that behind some elections. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it turns up real quick. All you got to do is study um, the continent and, and watch the elections. What happens? You know, look at the last election in Uganda. Go, go study that and see what happened. Right. So they have injected themselves black immigrants into the politics here without the proper education. And that's what, that's what a lot of it. And unfortunately, because of the, because of how some have thought about us as black Americans judging us on the lowest common denominator, which is, which is, um, wrong just as much as black immigrants don't like if black Americans fire back and say, well, look how you living," And this is y'all. And then they would say, well, that's wrong because that's not all of us or whatever. We doing the same thing to each other. How we, how are we looking at each other? The biggest problem is, is that because of them judging black America by the lowest common denominator, some of them have said, well, you know, it's better to go side with the white supremacists politically on some things. Um, and then you allow them to get in your ear. Cause I had a brother that was a Haitian immigrant last time I was in Florida and me and that brother was talking and he was saying that a white woman one time told him that, well, you know, you, you so much better than those black Americans. I like, I like, you know, you black immigrants better because you're just better than them. You know, now, the thing they got over immigrants head, even if they become a U.S. citizen is they still can deport them because if you are a naturalized citizen, you could lose that naturalization and get kicked out of here. Right. Black Americans born here on the soil. No, you can't do that. Now, em- second generation, uh, people that that's born from, from first generation immigrants, they in the same situation that we are. But usually if you look at the second generation, a lot of them understand what well, we, you know, go through, where we're coming from because they experienced a lot of it versus those that just came over to this country. So you have some that want to in, in, get involved in politics and the, then the great offense have been when immigrants have been used, uh, willingly used to undermine progress. And, and what I would say to immigrants is don't allow white supremacy to use you to undermine progress for black America. Because now you're here, you are in black America too. Even though I know some have been told to separate themselves from black America, you can't separate yourself from black. You you can do that all day if you want to, but that's a failed strategy. For instance, if, if we're fighting for black empowerment, that includes you too. So whatever we get, you're gonna get too. Now the difference is in the conversation about reparations, right? But I wouldn't, I don't understand why, like I heard the lady the other day from CARICOM was talking about what Caribbean immigrants, you know, they should be receiving reparations if they ever was to pay that out. I'm like, no, your reparations is coming to America and getting the opportunities that's here and, and, and building up what you have, that's your reparations. And you should be happy with that reparation. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, and anything that black America fights for, Okay. Uh, uh, you're going to get two outside of that. That's a debt that's owed um, to the descendants of African slaves here. Just as much like in the Caribbean, then we wouldn't be entitled. Let's say if I, I moved to a Caribbean nation and they get reparations, I wouldn't dare say where's my check because my ancestors did not come from the Caribbean. Okay. And my ancestors were enslaved there. So I have no right to reparations. If I was in an African nation and they and they got paid reparations for colonialism, I have no right to those payments because m- my ancestors wasn't there on the continent going through the colonialism, you understand? I mean, that's just common sense that just was what's right. Now that lady from Caricom was saying, "Oh because of Jim Crow, oh because of racism, oh because of all this we deserve something too." Reparations have nothing to do with Jim Crow police brutality, any of that it has nothing to do with that. Caribbean immigrants were not even allowed here. African immigrants are sure unless they were coming through the slave trade wasn't allowed here during that time period of slavery, right? Now you do have some, some free people here and there too. But what I'm saying is you can't demand. So because you can't get a check, you want to undermine. Right. And I'm not saying the, everybody, but there are those that want to undermine reparations or even the conversation of reparations because you can't get a check. That's very selfish because it wouldn't have been for the fight of black Americans. You couldn't have got the reparation of coming to America because it is a reparation for you. I mean, they didn't have to let you here. And, and and black America didn't even have to fight for you to get here either. So the, the, at least I'm not saying that you got to go up here and, 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 you know, I see some people say, well, do we got to tell you thank you every day? No, you don't have to say thank you every day, but the way you say thank you is just being supportive of what we're doing to empower black people because you're black like us and it's going to benefit you too. That's all. That's all. That's all black America's asking from you. We don't hate you. We love you. We don't want you separating yourself you know, because then we just separate yourself and white supremacy come at you. Then you gonna be looking at us. Hey brother. Hey sister. Uh, what's going on? These white folks attacking me. Well, you know, you separated yourself into your own little neighborhoods. You know, you don't want to interact. So, so I mean, cause for me, for instance, I think that's also silly that, that a lot of y'all do that because that'd be like me going to Kenya and, and say, I don't want to interact with Kenyans. I'm going to go look for a whole clan of black Americans. And then I'm going to live over there with them. And I'm going to interact with black Americans in Kenya, but I'm not going to interact with the Kenyans because, Oh, stay away from them Kenyans. And why the hell am I over there? then If I want to stay away from the Kenyans, what do you mean? I'm going to interact with Kenyans. I'm going to get Kenyan friends. I wanted them to, to show me what's going on, what to do and you know, what not to do. Um, You know, I want to be assistance, anything I can to the Kenyan people. If I'm there, you know, I want to be an asset. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to think like i am coming with this elitist attitude. Like I can't be around them. And especially in this country with, with, you know, with the racism, white supremacy, I think that is so silly to separate yourself. And even if you think that you are better than someone, because some people do think they're better than black America. Y'all haven't been through what black America has been through. Okay, and let's just walk down. I'm gonna just talk about recent history, recent history only. I'm not gonna go all the way back to Jim Crow and all that. Why Black America is the way it is? Why? Let, let me hit on some things I think that's very, very important for you to know. Um, after the the Civil Rights Movement, they understood the Black family was the nucleus of the community. Okay, and they understood that with the Black family, you know, one man, one woman, children. Being on code together, working together, they understood that you know what, we got to break that up because if we could break up the black man and black woman, you know, together in their family, we can weaken them because without the men, you're weakened. So here they come after around the time after the civil rights movement, they come through with feminism. Right? Feminism is extremely divisive because we were on plantation fields together, black men and black women, we were sharecropping together. We were lent, uh, you know, strange fruit. I don't use that word. The algorithm picks that up strange fruit together. Right. We, we had, you know, our churches, you know, uh, uh, uh bombed and all that stuff together. Right. Everything we went through was together. That's the bond that we have. So they came in with the assistance of, of, of Becky to draw a wedge in the black family. Africans have never had a feminist movement on the African continent to separate the black family, to put, to pit the woman against the man, right? To say that she, she needs to be, you know, equal and at times above the man. Now you look at it today, they, they demonize men so much and women, you know, a lot of modern women today feel like they, they just, you know, better than a lot of men and they don't need men until that pandemic showed up, you know, and that pandemic showed up. They're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. What a at? you know, when it got really real, right. When you couldn't work them little office jobs no more and, 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 and finances got to nothing. And you know, men that got jobs out here that, that didn't never shut down, you know, those men were fine. Right. So a lot of women suffered you know, with this pandemic, so they were looking for a whole lot of men real quick. You know, if you go back to to looking at that at that time period, so you have feminism. After the feminism and and all of that came in, then there was a, a group here in America by the Central Intelligence Agency, and they brought in uh, cocaine into the black communities there was a journalist by the name of Gary Webb that exposed that, that they ended up putting that into the black communities and it ended up starting the crack epidemic. The crack epidemic was horrible. It was horrible. Dudes were making a lot of money off of selling it. And a lot of people, you know, uh, was using it. Uh, a lot of people died, you know, people robbing people. I mean, it was, it was just horrible, horrible, horrible for the black community. The African community, Caribbean community, did not have the CIA putting all the cocaine in all their neighborhoods and making sure that they can deal. Do you know, at one point in time in the United States, they were allowing dealers to deal and, and, and they wouldn't do nothing about it. They would sit there and watch them do it. They wouldn't even care. Right. That was done by design. Listen to brothers like free freeway, Ricky Ross, you know, freeway Rick Ross, you know, listen to people like him. He'll tell you how it was. Right that was targeting the black family in the black community. Africans have never had that. Their family is still intact. And when you have an intact family it's proven statistically that married couples make more money and children that come out of, um, you know, intact families they they do better in school. They do better in life. They do better psychologically. They get a lot less in trouble than versus in a single parent household. Right? So, when they created the problem in black America, then they say, I'm going to solve the problem. Right? So what does they, they deal? They say, we will do this 19, uh, you know, 94 crime bill. And if you look at that picture, that's Bill Clinton. He was the president at the time. But Look who behind him. Old Jim Crow, Joe, you know, now, now he authored the bill. He wanted these truth and sentencing, uh, laws. He wanted people to stay in jail 85% of the time. He incentivized states to build more presidents. Jim Crow Joe, the president that you have now. Okay. This dude has been doing all kinds of things for years against black people for years. But yet black folks in America are politically silly enough to go vote them back in. So you didn't have African immigrants or, or Caribbean people didn't have a crime bill. After that crime bill, the same thing that they put in the black communities that they was allowing to be used and, and abused, etc., now they went sweeping in, arresting everybody, anybody that was around it. They was getting rounded up, right? You know, you have some person dealing, the person, you know, mama, whoever else in the house with them, you go on too. Everybody gone. Twelve was running up in everybody's house at one point in time, right? African immigrants, Caribbean immigrants never had that happen to them. They never had their fathers taken from the home and left with a bunch of single mothers, right? They never had that. They don't, I'm not saying they don't have single parents on the, on the African continent and Caribbean. No, I'm not saying that, but it wasn't done by design to destroy the black family. And I'll just, I'm sorry. And I'm forgetting one thing. Let me go back on top of that on top of that, even before the feminism, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, the, um, you know, getting rid of your children deal. Just not try to say that word. You know, the, the algorithm picks up everything that the same, the same white woman that came with feminism is the same white woman that told the women in our community that, you know, Oh, they're poor. They can't afford it. All of that. And they are the reason why black folks are, are poor and can't afford anything. Right. It's not black people's faults like that. They're not just being quote unquote lazy no that's not true and they convinced them you know that this was okay so africans and caribbeans they don't believe in that they don't and god bless you for not believing that never believe in that mess never 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 cuz i believe just i'm so, i believe this because that's what the bible say when you said when you said innocent blood a curse is is upon you when you do that and the biggest problem in black America is that stain that a lot of people have participated in and, and it has affected our community. We should be 60, we should be 60 million strong right now. But the 20 plus million black children who, who's not here anymore due to that, that that's a stain on, on us. And that is the truth. Nobody want to talk about it. You know, everybody, you know, you know, the, the devil came in and the devil tried to, to to give you lines to, to, to justify it. Okay. But you, but, but, but no, we can't justify that. The African and Caribbean immigrants and, and Afro Latinos that come in here, they don't believe in that in their societies and God bless them. I love y'all for that. Don't ever listen to the devil when it comes to that. Y'all keep having children and and, and make them. You know, marriage is still intact in, in, in a lot of these countries. In America, everybody everybody want to be single mothers. Everybody want to just make babies, don't, don't want to do take responsibility. Nick Cannon, you know, and when I say responsibility, I mean actually making a family, having eight kids. I don't care if you can afford them, not having a proper household for them, you're making a bunch of single mothers. You know, you got guys out here that's making a bunch of single mothers and the women are okay with it. Like the one guy on the, in, in, these, this circle of women, everybody sleeping with the same guy. Like, seriously, that's, that's what goes on here. Now in your countries, I'm not saying that they ain't got guys that's doing that either, but it's not acceptable though. It is not acceptable. And, and I know that it's not acceptable. So when you come in with your family intact, marriage intact, you don't believe in getting rid of your children. Um, you're just looking for an opportunity right? And now you see it, now you hungry. Now you say, I mean, I'm about to get this. It's no different than even a black American. You come from a small town, you move to a bigger town say, Oh man, look at this opportunity. And you thrive, right? No different. Look at me. I come from Port Arthur, Texas, right? A go nowhere place. I had to move over here to to the Houston area and Oh, it allowed me to do good. Right? So it's, it's no different than them. They moving around, they doing that or whatever. Right? So, I'm trying to explain like the conditions that we're in as black Americans and why that has affected us on top of that. After everything I am just telling you in a short sense, then your men is attacked psychologically and constantly, um, with this LGBT, right? I mean, and, and Dr. Francis crest Wilson predicted that the, the Billy Porter, she predicted the little Nas X. She predicted that years ago based on the psychological warfare that's being waged on young black men. Okay? Now you got these young black men, look at the way they dress today. You go from the way Tupac and them would look to how these dudes look today. I mean, it's like what? It's it's like night and day. How these dudes look today, they all wear tight pants, Everything is tight like a woman. Like women is the one that wear tight clothes, you know. So you know, women want to show their curves or whatever else, right? That's not what men supposed to do. But these dudes run around here with these tight clothes, and and and, and they look like string beans. A lot of them they were to wait till I don't have no weight to them, no nothing. I'm like, what happened to that situation, right? They don't even get me talking about these dudes that's out here. They're supposed to be so hood. They're supposed to be whatever, and they out here uh, chasing, um, you know, the tees. You know, like Dave Chappelle said, they out here they out here doing that too. I mean, like y'all, like African immigrants don't ha, don't have been not been psychologically attacked like that. They have been beat down like that. I mean, it's been so much has been happening to us here in, in 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 Black America that it has bogged us down, right? So when a Black immigrant comes in and didn't have any of that happened to them, right? It's easy to thrive here before all that happened to black America. Look at black America prior to all of this. Look at all of the the businesses that we had, the towns that we had, right? How our family was intact. Black America was no different than what African and Caribbean immigrants are doing today. And I'm talking about 2022. I'm not talking about no other time, right? After all that targeting of our family and, 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 and psychological warfare as well, against black American people, then that's when the problem started. Then on top of that, when white folks see black immigrants, they don't feel guilt or shame with them because they they know they didn't really do you a whole lot of things versus someone of my lineage. They can, they know the guilt and shame that what they done to my ancestors, they walk around with it. So they will prefer, someone that's from a different country because you, a lot of you really don't understand white supremacy like that. Unless you're from South Africa, then you get it. You thinking that, Oh, everybody's just people. And I don't know why they so turned up about, you know, race and this and that. And the third, because in your countries, white folks come around you all the time. And unfortunately, in some of your countries, a lot of shucking and jiving happen. I've seen that definitely in Kenya, the bucking of the eyes and all of that. I mean, I was shocked. I ain't never seen, you know, I know some black Americans do it too, but dog, I never seen bucking other eyes like that before. That was interesting to watch that. Or even see the, the white Jesus uh, in Kenya. I didn't see that in Ethiopia, but definitely seen that in Kenya. Uh, that was very, very disappointing. But what I'm saying is in, in, in African and Caribbean countries, yes, you, you've dealt with a whole lot based on what other black folks have done to you by selling you out. And the white supremacy effect affecting you indirectly. We have been in the belly of the beast forever. So what, what I'm trying to say is this, I understand your hustle. I understand what you're going to do. Cool. Right. What we're saying is just, you know, do you be good? Just don't undermine what, black americans are trying to do politically that's it that's where the problem's come from it's not even that you if you like somebody or not that's that's not really the issue the issue is the political undermining you know you getting on tv and saying oh they don't need reparations or shoot i came to this country coming to this country is your reparation you got your reparation already that's beyond with you that's your reparation coming to america and if you can accept that's your reparation, then let, then let black Americans actually get their reparations for what happened to us. So we can be just like you, right. And we can be made, you know, a whole and do it. Everything we got. That's it. Just, just don't politically undermine. And you, I don't, you none of y'all would never have a problem. Trust, I, I promise you that at the same time, if you talk about pan Africanism um, because of the reparations, you should be reaching back to your country too and saying, Hey, you know, when you let these brothers and sisters come in because, um, Hey, we over here. Well, let's, let's reciprocate that. Let's, let's make it a little easier, um, to go back. Now you got countries like Sierra Leone, you know, that has definitely done citizenship by DNA. Like if you have took the African ancestry test, then you can, um, You know, get your citizenship. You know, matter of fact, Kellen just got his. Um, I read that Guinea Bissau is the same way, citizenship by DNA. I think all the content needs to do that, that if you, you know, go to African Ancestry, get your test done, you prove a country your people came from, and I think you should be able to try to get a citizenship that way. I think that's cool. You know, pay the fee or whatever and do your thing. I think that would be a good step in the right direction. And, you know, you, I don't, I don't despise small beginnings at one point in time that wasn't happening because, you know, some people say, they ain't giving us no citizenship Not there. Well, no, that's not true. Because they are, they are at least two countries that I know of for sure. That's doing it. Um, I know like my lineage went, went back to Guinea Bissau at the belong tribe. So I'm trying to see, you know, how I can get my citizenship right. And, and when, when and how it can be done just to say, hey, I want to have a citizenship somewhere else, right? Um, especially if it's my birthright to have, then yeah, I want it. But we need to work on that as well. But but what I'm saying is, you know, just to wrap up, you know, with, with this podcast today, it is just we gotta understand each other on both sides, but at the same time, at the same time, we haven't done nothing to each other in 2022 that warrants the way we come at each other. Sure, the disrespect, and we'll talk about disrespect and, and we need to address the disrespect, but the real enemy is white supremacy and white supremacy thrives on keeping black people separated. That's how he runs this country. Everybody's pitted against each other, right? If, if you can just sit, sometimes you just get out of this country and just look into it for a minute. You see how it's amazing this country even operates how divided it, it constantly is. Even white folks divide against each other. So it ain't that even white folks are together. The only thing that white folks have to, uh, uh, that they unify on is being against black folk All these other buffer class groups. They all unify against us. That's the one thing that we are the unifying uh, force for them. But if we, if we actually without the mix, they wouldn't have no unification they probably would've told, told this country up a long time ago if we wasn't around them like that. But for me, I, I just want to make sure that we just understand each other. We've been through different things. We, we come from different, uh, uh, you know, walks of life, but how I feel about it, you know, I don't care where you come from. If you black like me, you, my brother, you, my sister, if you don't want to be my brother or sister, because you think you're better or, or whatever else. Fine. That's okay. Forget you. I don't need you, but somebody else within your same group don't feel that way. And that's the, and that's the immigrants that I'm going to, you know, link up with is those that want to, that look at me as a brother. And, and and that's, and that's fine. That's all. Cause like I said, we can't save everybody folks. And I know, Sometimes as black folks, I I think we need to realize that we can't save everybody. Not everybody's going to unify with you, even within your own group, even in black America, we see at least 85% of black America is no good. It's no good. And they want to be a slave. Okay. And they're against black empowerment and they fight against it. So there's a certain percentage of black immigrants. That's no good either. I just don't have that quantified yet, but they're no good to us. They're no good to even their own people right? But there are some black immigrants who are the good people that we need to unify with and work with. That's the people that we need to focus on. And we do all our focus on the people who do bad or who, who don't want to unify or who want to, you know, raccoon it up or whatever. Then, you know, I mean, uh, what are we, what are we doing? We'll never fix any problems that we may have. We just focus on those people. Like I said, call out anybody who is politically undermining. I don't care where they come from. Call them out. Don't let them do that. But we should look for the good in our community because sure we can find the bad all day long, but can we find the good? Can we try to work with each other? Especially we living in this country. We better work with each other. I mean, you separate yourself from black people. If you're an immigrant, like you black, like me. So some of y'all have said, well, the police, they see me, they treat me no different. Okay. Well a lot of you have admitted that the police treat you no different. So don't act like you're different. You're not different. Sure. You got different languages. Sure. You went from from a different country. Um, your, your culture is different than, than our culture here, but in the eyes of white supremacy, you're not different. Okay. And you're not better. Don't let them lie to you. You're, you black, you're a Negro. They will never think of you as better. Never. You know, the, the white supremacist, he'll piss on your leg and tell you it's rain. But thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us on the podcast today. Who is a long one. I didn't realize it was this long today, but we greatly appreciate it, uh, on this Friday. Um, you know, if it's your first time listening. Thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe and that way you'll know exactly when we post another podcast, uh, click the like button, you know, that way you can like us and, um, you know, the algorithm don't spread things as it should. Um, you know, tell five people about the show. And if you know, you definitely enjoyed the show today, especially on this Friday, um, instead of giving us a love offering, you know, we, we definitely take love offerings. We also take super thanks. We, which is down there as well. We also take super chat, you know, cause I call it a love chat and a love. Thanks. There you go. Everything y'all do is in love, you know, and I, I understand that. So I we greatly appreciate that, uh, for those of you doing that. So thank you for listening and see you next time you <laughs>